Being in business is about getting work, doing work, but keeping score. And I wasn't keeping score. So I waited to the end of the year, bring my shoebox of receipts to the accountant. And then the accountant told me that I lost all this money. And I was completely blindsided by that. You're listening to Estimate Rocket Radio, the hassle-free online software for service contractors that keep your business running from lead to pay. We want your business to grow, so we make it easy to get your job done. Hey, it's a great day at Estimate Rocket Radio, and I want to give you all a very warm welcome. My name is Kathleen. I'm a co-owner here at Estimate Rocket, and I am joined by my new co-host, Chris Shank. He is our education and engagement manager at Estimate Rocket University. Hey, it's so good to be here. I'm raising my hands and I'm waving. So excited, though the audience can't see that. (laughs) We could not be more excited and to give you the opportunity to listen to Jim Kalutis. He is the president of Kalutis Painting based out of Massachusetts. Actually, it's only 25 minutes from the Estimate Rocket corporate office, which is really cool. Um, the neat thing about Jim is he is an absolute rock star in the painting industry, but he started off his humble beginnings as an immigrant from Greece at two and a half years old. Jim so wonderfully defines his family as hardworking, poor, hungry, and absolutely determined. We're talking with Jim about growth mindset that properly balances and utilizes stress in just the right amount. Don't miss Jim's workshop on growth mindset during the low stress success series. His session is on August 12th at 2 p.m. Eastern. See show notes or go online for the registration link. Hey, Jim, welcome to Estimate Rocket Radio. You know, it's so exciting to have you here. When I read your the information about your life journey, you know, coming over here as an immigrant at two and a half years old, and, and what really touched my heart is you defined your family as hardworking, poor, hungry, and determined. You know, that just hits a wow to me. So tell us a little about your journey here. Uh, sure. You know, I think for, for me, everything about being in business has been out of necessity. So being an immigrant, it's it's how do you help dad, you know, keep busy? How do you help dad, you know, put more money on the table? And that's really how it all got started. Necessity is the mother of invention, right? Yes. <laughs> so, do you feel like building everything from the ground up is like led to a sense of pride and passion in what you do and maybe raise that abnormally in your life? Um, the passion has always been there. Like you said, the necessity fueled it. Uh, but the values that I got from my parents, it, it's interesting when we started small and it was like a family run business, we still try to use that value to really look out for people. And I think that carries us you know, through the day, through the good times and the bad, but just look out for people and they'll look out for you. Well, you're definitely looking out for people. We see a lot of really neat things you're doing uh, in the industry and beyond. You are a leader. You're an influencer. You are. I, I just see the stuff you're sharing all the time. I'm like, this is really good leadership stuff. Matter of fact, I think your tagline on LinkedIn, I think it is, is that you're helping people achieve their best 
something like that that you're you're wanting to see people become their best. Isn't that where where'd that come from? I think early on and and always hanging around the kitchen with my sister and trying to help her as you know she was like three years older than me, trying to figure out you know what she was going to do next on her career. And really, it was a matter of she didn't really see her potential and me being outside watching her and her career. And she was much smarter and harder working than I was. So I I learned a lot from her while I was watching her. But you know, for to give her that coaching, and I didn't realize that I was doing that. So for me when you're sitting outside and you're watching someone interact or go through their career, you can see those little moments of like, Hey, did you realize this about you? So just helping people along. And, you know, I think people appreciate that or they like being around me because I can see those things and it helps them grow. Wow. That's interesting. I didn't realize you never would have found that out. Like how would we have known that if I didn't ask that question, you (laughs) you were ready with it. I loved it. Uh, Okay. So, We are getting ready to go into, matter of fact, tonight when we're recording this podcast, tonight is our first uh, workshop session in the Low Stress Success Workshop. And you are going to be talking right at the very end of this series about growth mindset. And the whole idea with this series is business is hard. It's, it's, It's really hard. There's no point when it's just going to be easy. Maybe in the days of passive income, maybe for some people they could move on to something else difficult, you know, but I don't think we ever stop pursuing things that are are hard and difficult. I think maybe we just kind of transfer those passions to one thing or another once it but I, especially when you're trying to get your business up and going and then you're trying to break through to the next level and not just your business, but you got things going on in your personal life, stress builds. And that's what we're just trying to help people with it. How can you manage your stress in a way that preserves your life and preserves your relationships, but also fuels your success and not detracts from it. So you're going to be talking about growth mindset. And if you don't mind me just kind of starting off this question is, um, first of all, is there a good type of stress in business that leads to positive growth mindset? Is there good stress or is it all bad stress in your mind? Sure. I think uh, without stress, uh, you can't survive in a sense, right? If that whole thing about necessity, again, it shows up. I do believe there is bad stress. And like, if there's ever bad stress, it's more around your health and that type of thing. And you definitely want to get some help with that. But from a business perspective, I believe entrepreneurs, business owners get themselves in trouble when they don't have that stress because they get bored. And then they Mm -hmm. find themselves going down some other rabbit hole or getting into business with their buddy who wants to start a restaurant. And and the next thing you know, you're losing focus on your business. And then you have even more stress because it could turn into bad stress at that point in time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Trying to do too many things at once, getting bored, and we don't hear about that a lot. Um, but I, at least I don't hear people saying that they're getting bored. But I see the symptoms of boredom in in like what you just said. Trying to do too many things, going too many different directions, growing too fast. <laughs> Um, so that's interesting. I wouldn't have expected that answer. Well, what, what is, if you're going to be talking about growth mindset, that is positive, that doesn't get you into the more stress, but doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it keeps you from getting bored and having too little stress. What, what is that growth mindset that you're referring to? Sure. The growth mindset is always thinking about what's next, right? What's next for the business? What's next for you? What's next for your people? And if you're not always thinking ahead, you're going to find yourself at some point just sitting there, just coasting along. And that's when entrepreneurs get in trouble. So 
for me, how I've always done it, because again, I started from nothing and I had to always be curious and look at building my capabilities. Like, where do, what do I read? Who do I want to hang out with? Um, who do I want to team up with to go learn what they're learning? And it doesn't have to be in the same business that, that I'm in. I've learned from other people. It, like, uh, I was in a business group that there was a guy who had a franchise business of restaurants. And all of a sudden, he started telling me about him. He was doing a PL on every single one of his restaurants. And for me, I'm like, well, wait a minute. I could do a PL on each one of my project managers and I could start mm-hmm. to compare and, and look at data. So I think it's it's about always wow. learning, always building capabilities uh, because at some point, you know, you're going to exceed your, you're not going to hit your next capability. So you're going to get stuck and mm-hmm. you might get bored or you might retract or you might get yourself in trouble because you went into something that you didn't have the capability of doing, and that might turn into some bad stress. So there's there's always things to get yourself in trouble and out of trouble and bored and all those other good things. I think it was some philosopher like Schopenhauer that came up with this whole idea of we're always on the spectrum between boredom and suffering. And somehow <laughs> you go, you lean a little too far one way and you're in some serious pain and trouble a little too far the other way. And you're bored out of your mind and get into other kinds of trouble just because you're bored. Um, business ownership is an interesting balance, I would say. Uh, you've talked before, and I was telling Kathy about this, the complexity ceiling. And you you use that to probably help gauge this balance a little bit. Where are we at with approaching more difficulty, more complexity, and you know, kind of staying away from the board areas where you're not, it's not difficult and complex enough. Kathy, you know, I as I talked about that. I think, and before Jim tells me what his explanation is, because some of the workshop I think is going to be about this, um, Kathy, when you hear complexity ceiling and reaching up to the point where it's just starting to get like, okay, this is getting heavy. Do we ever feel this over at Esther (laughs) Pocket? Every week, every month. (laughs) We were feeling that a little bit today, weren't we? Exactly. Exactly. Nobody's immune to it. We talk about this all the time, that Estimate Rocket's going through these same things that every business owner and every business is going through. That's what, we're, that's what we are going through. And I'm not, I'm not somebody who's been an entrepreneur and started up a business from the ground and been through several, but the owners of Estimate Rocket has. So I think all this is extremely relatable, which is I love that you're using the model of Estimate Rocket's growth for how we want to see other people grow. So Jim, I'm sure you're you're going to use your own experience too. So tell us about, if you don't mind, the complexity ceiling and and what it, what is it and how does it work in business? Sure. Well, I, first of all, I, I think it's great what you guys are doing to help contractors because with your software, it just it it gives them the tools for them to break through their own ceiling of complexity. Because mm-hmm. in a sense, what happens is there's that ceiling that we bump our heads up against because there's only so many things that we know. And we hit that ceiling, it starts to hurt, and then we will retract back. But think about it. Uh, I guess the story that I would tell you is way back when and when I got in trouble and I didn't know I was in trouble until after I brought all my receipts to the accountant. So for me... Uh, it was a wake up call. And knowing that I needed to know if I'm making money every single month, mm-hmm. being in business is about getting work, doing work, but keeping score. And I wasn't keeping score. So I waited to the end of the year, bring my shoebox of receipts to the accountant. 
And then the accountant told me that I lost all this money and I was completely blindsided by that. So for me, how do I get ahead? And I had to go out and get software and computers and we're going back five years ago that, and it wasn't as easy as what you guys have made it to help contractors. So those skills of understanding how to keep score are one of the things that helped me break through my ceiling uh, of complexity and be able to continue to grow the business. And it's having those types of analytics. Those are some of the things that I'm going to talk about is like, how do you keep score, right? Well, mm-hmm. the next level from keeping score is making sure you get paid, which is also very important. But <laughs> what are the things you want to analyze? Who are the people you want to work for? Um you know, there's a little bit of strategy. And if you don't have the right data, if you don't have the systems in place, well, then you're stuck. You're just on that hamster wheel going after doing the work over and over again. And that's when you hit the ceiling of complexity. That's when you get in trouble because you're you're not using new tools. You're not growing new skills to be able to take on that new type of business. When you say ceiling of complexity, oh, sorry. <laughs> I flipped it around on you, didn't I? <laughs> when you say ceiling of complexity, you know what I imagine? There's a, a somebody made this little cartoon of the old Mario video game, and they made this cartoon of Mario jumping up and hitting one of the bricks to bust it, but it doesn't bust. And he basically, it he hurts his head. Let's just put it that way. That's <laughs> a great visual. I like that one. Yeah, because you're so used to just this imaginary world of this video game where you're breaking through brick walls and everything, but it's like, well, imagine if this was real, that wouldn't happen that way. But there is some serious head bumps that, that happen when people hit that wall. And I, I just love the word there too. There's, I, I've also heard the phrase frontier of productivity. And the idea is once you become so productive and so efficient, what do you do then? It's hard to break through because sometimes it's not about efficiency. It's about creative strategy to get you past. So there's sometimes this, this wall that you hit and you're just, I don't know how to get past it, or I'm working too hard. I've got uh, all the hustle and the grind. We talked about this on another podcast, Kathy, we're hustling as hard as we can. It's and it, at some point, it's not just about more hard work. It's, it's gotta be something else, but that even drives us crazy. Cause we don't know what, I just wish I could just put you know chalk it up to hard work if i just work harder but it's not that you're hitting your head harder it's what's happening so you're talking about different ways and different tools that could be used i know also you've talked about it's it sounds like the 3 c's like the ceiling of complexity is i would call that the 1c is your problem but you have 2 c's that seem to be the answer and that's increasing capability and confidence you talked to me about and I love that. And I'm, I'm right. I'm listening, Jim. I'm writing this stuff down when you talk about like, what I'm throwing down. Yeah, because you've, you're living into success and this in the stress, not only does it not get you down, it's fueling you and you seem passionate and you seem envisioned. You have a vision for the future and you're helping other people catch that fire. And if something's happening and you have the pot, the perfect balance of the stress in success happening in your life. So tell me about that. Uh, the capabilities you talked a little bit about, tell me about that confidence that gets you past. Is it just being confident? Is, is that, is there some other sense that you're trying to emphasize there that gets people past that ceiling of complexity? Sure. Fake it till you become it in a sense, mm. but 
I, I think it's as you learn how to do something, right? It was no different than when I first time uh, I had to go spray the walls because my dad wasn't going to come spray the walls for me. And I ended up doing it and it looked awful. And then I realized how to do it better and I improved. And now I was able to run my own crew and my own jobs. So for me, I felt better about myself when I once I was able to do it on my own. And then I got to teach it, right? So that increased my confidence some more. Well, take those trade skills and now apply them to business skills, right? How many people know how to read an income statement? Never mind, try to understand the balance sheet. As you are running your business and you start to dive into those things that you normally would not, and you start to see an income statement or a balance sheet for the second or the third time, it turns into Mm -hmm. capability. And then when you have that capability, then you may go try to help someone. And now it'll turn into confidence, right? You all of a sudden know something then the other contractor doesn't know that you're trying to help. So there's that aspect that it just keeps building on itself. Um, And one of the things that I've seen business owners do is like, we're rugged individuals, right? We're going to take it on and we're going to get it done. Well, guess what? You don't always have to do everything. So how do you find someone? How do you hire a strong number two to compliment you? So that way they take half your stress and then you take the other. So now all of a sudden you increase your capabilities just by having a very strong number two. I, I look at the dynamics between Kathy and Tom. I'm like, there you go. There's a match made in heaven. Right? So um, there's, there's all these little things that you put in place. So two things that I want to pick out real quick. And I know we said we're going to try to keep this to 20 minutes, but I do want to kind of um, separate that out just a little bit. So you talked about increasing capability and it's not just your own. What I'm hearing is it's not just your own capability and skill set. It's bringing the right people on that raises your collective capability. It sounds like not that you have to be good at all things, but you bring the right people on that brings up your corporate ability. Sure. Is that right? Yeah. I think that's a good Absolutely. distinction. Yeah, it was interesting. We do personality tests around all the people in the office. And it's interesting how we each complement each other, but we're very different. But that's really what makes us take so many more things on because I'm leveraging their capabilities, not just my own. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden, as an organization, we have complementary capabilities. And so that way, all of a sudden, the ceiling goes up even higher. We can take on more things. We can grow the business. Um, but again, that takes inch by inch. Life's a cinch. So we, we try to take on those things a little bit at a time. And we should always be looking for what's next. We should always be looking for what are we going to read, where we're going to learn, who we're going to learn from. So keeping investing in ourselves and our people, as you mentioned. And then I also want to separate out, and it's kind of part of that, but as you bring people on, but also as you reach out, you said to help people, your confidence grows. Um, that's interesting too. And I, I see a lot of people taking leadership in, you know, um, among their peers, helping their peers. I call that taking leadership, but it's really just helping. And then they, they step up in an organization and I've, I've helped people do that where they, they're helping a wider audience coming onto a podcast, running their LinkedIn and, and sharing helpful articles or kind of opening up their business to show people, here's what I'm doing. And you may think like, well, that's exposing your secrets to other people, but it's also doing something different. You become a leader in your industry. It does, like you said, increase your confidence. And I've seen people grow leaps and bounds simply by getting out and helping people more. Probably, I guess you could become more proficient at something when you teach it. When you, I, you know, somebody said that when you teach something, you really learn it mm-hmm. because you really have to know really well to teach others. And then you hear 
all the, the critical questions that come through that you have to think through and figure out new parts of the solution. So you're kind of refining your, your ideas. And then um, you're seeing how they're expressed in different environments, which further refines the idea. I could see that that grows your capability and confidence just by helping others. I think that's a really good point. Um, don't want to miss that. And I know at Estimate Rocket, um, you talked about like growing your people and how you're doing personality tests or whatever. I know we use, Kathy, we use the DISC profile, don't we? Yes, we do. No, DISC has gone way back um, in probably my early years, 20 years. And the important thing is it helps in recruiting. It helps in understanding uh, how people are motivated, just how to communicate with them. We're actually taking the DISC and teaching our team members, hey, look, this person is like this. So when they're behaving that way, they're just being how they're uniquely um communicating to the world. This is how you want to talk to them. You want to be very direct. You don't want to give them too many details. Just tell them what you want to tell them. But this person over here, they want to know more details. They want to hear more numbers before you actually give them the point that you're trying to make. So we're all hardwired differently. And um, yeah, personality wow. tests. Definitely Honestly, go ahead, Kathy. And Jim, it's the same exact way here. We, we do these tests so we know how to communicate with one another and which reduces conflict. Yeah. Yeah. It reduces conflict and, and it teaches how to utilize each other's skills. Like they're good at that. I'm not lean on them. It's not just lean on me for these things that I'm good at. It's lean on them for these other things. Yeah. And so Kathy, we have Corwin Smith leading us through disc and he uses different things. And do you have somebody helping you guys with that, Jim? Not on disk, but we've actually adapted a couple other uh, software. We use Colby a lot. Colby, oh. you know, drives down into unique ability. We just started using, um, I'm trying to think of what the uh, couple other tests just at the management team level, just to be able to better understand. And uh, we're, we talk about getting people in their unique ability and just focusing on that, playing to your strength um, in the sense that way it never feels like work. You know, you're, you're, you're doing your passion, you're hardwired a certain way and, uh, again, back to how you communicate and get along. Jim, I think you're going to need to write a book. Oh, Ooh. I guarantee Ooh. it. Is I there one in the making? You know, I have a draft form, but I, I didn't it. feel as if um, it was out there because I'm I'm not doing it to make money. I think I was, I was doing it to be able to, uh, I, I think there's some aspect of just uh, maybe I'm too humble. I, I just, I don't want to sound like a know-it-all, whether it's because, you know, I'm always telling my kids, no one likes a know-it-all. Uh, so I, I try to share to help, but I don't want to come across as a know-it-all. Just consider it sharing information. There you go. All right. I will, I will consider that. I appreciate that. You know, I have this, this thing. It's, it's an award that I give people. I give people awards, whether they think I'm qualified to do it or not. I don't think I'm accredited to give awards, but... <laughs> I have this award, which is the I'd work for you award. And I, I secretly gave that to estimate rocket years ago. I was like, I'll definitely work for them. <laughs> and here we are, but I'm going to also give you the I'd work for you award today, because I love hearing how you invest in your company and in your people. Every time I see what you're posting, I'm like, God, his, his people must love working for him. And I see how you're helping other companies do that and invest in their own companies. So you get the odd work for you award from me today. And I love what you're doing, man. I, I'm excited that people get to hear from you in this workshop. You can take some time. They'll have some tactical exercises they're going to work through. And uh, it's, 
you're very successful, a humble person, but very successful. You're managing your stress in the right way. We all need it. We all want it. So excited to hear more from you. And um, we just appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And it's going to be a uh, great time next week or two weeks or next month. <laughs> By the time this comes out, it'll be coming, it'll be coming right up in the same week. Excellent. And, and Jim, I'd like to give you the award. I'd like to have dinner with you. You're only 20 minutes away from our court. Game on. Where are we going? So I don't know. We can meet out by you if you want, or you could come to Newburyport where the waterfront is. But um, I'm good either way. I'm in Marblehead, so you can come down here or I'll come up okay. there, whatever you want. Okay. All right. It's a deal. I promise. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on, Jim. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This is Estimate Rocket Radio. Join our team at EstimateRocket.com.